When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction, first ever podcast here on Fightful.com. Not the first ever podcast on Fightful, but the first ever Distraction (laughs) podcast on Fightful. I am Jeremy Lambert, as you see on the image below if you are watching this, writer of wrestling things on Fightful, joined by the man, the slayer of wrestling features, Joe Holbert. It's good to talk to you again, buddy. It's good, man. This is very, it's like a long-awaited moment for like four to five people on Twitter. So <laughs> they don't know it yet, but it's, when they see this, it'll be very exciting, I assume, you know? The, we had a, a huge, monumental following with our TEW series. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. <laughs> that was short-lived due to a variety of issues, mainly <laughs> just the tech issues that came along with it. And uh, But it was fun. You you ran WCW into the ground after one month. And uh, I had a huge angle going with WWE where cocaine was going to be involved, but we never got there. True. Lenny Poffo was... On a trajectory we'll never know about, but that's another thing for another day, you know? Lanny Poffo was about to mm-hmm. take over the world. He was, and he was on AEW this week, which <laughs> I thought was a full circle moment for our podcast relations, you know? Uh, so the Distraction Podcast here, we are just going to basically riff on a bunch of topics. I'm going to set five minutes on a clock. You'll hear the timer go off in the background. And we're just going to hit some very top various topics that we came up with during the week. Could be news, could be something coming out of shows, could be a preview type thing. We don't know. We don't have a we don't have a plan. Could be dogs barking in the background. Pentagon might come out and start cutting a promo saying we're no good. Luther might come out. Uh, who knows with this podcast? <laughs> if Luther comes out, I'm out. All right, okay, just know that now. That's the over the end of my time on this podcast. Joe, that's what we're starting with. Though. Oh, we're great. starting. We're gonna start with Luther. I'm gonna. I'm gonna yes. put five minutes on the clock. Let me set this up. So last night on or Wednesday night, whenever you're listening to this on AEW Dynamite, we had Britt Baker, not uh, Riho, against. Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship, and in the middle of it, Brandy Rhodes comes out, distracts both ladies, Mel, Awesome Kong are there, and Japanese deathmatch legend Luther appears from under the ring. Joe, I'm going to put time on the clock here. What are your thoughts on Luther? (laughs) Well, there's two ways to approach this topic, right? I can take the mature route and discuss its impact on the women's division, the decision to put this in a women's title match, and I'm sure we'll get to that at minutes uh, two, three, four, and five. But for now, uh, I just want to commend Excalibur for like exhibit. I, I true, yes, I truly admire that when he when he has to do stuff like this, he doesn't just do it. Like, he doesn't just say it's Luther. No, 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 he does the like the stutter step before he gets there. Right? It's like that. Is that? Is that? That's Lufa, and the idea that anyone watching the TV show was like exploded out of their chair is, is awesome, right? That's that moment was like I'm not. A, I don't think AEW Dynamite's been bad by any means. I think obviously it has flaws, but that moment was like an encapsulation of every bad thing that they've done through like what three months of TV, and uh, I just the timing of it, placing it in that spot, expecting people to react. I guess they did, maybe not. I don't know. It was it was awesome. But the commentary is what made it special. That was the bit. <laughs> the commentary was bad from the start because Brandy's just burying everything. It's like people should mm-hmm. be sleeping during this match, burying Statlander. Just the dirt worst of segments. 
If you don't know who Luther is, go to AEW's Twitter because that's where they explained, like, this guy's a Japanese deathmatch legend. He's been in FMW. He was the best man at Chris Jericho's wedding. I guess Chris Jericho's best man wasn't, uh, you know, a good enough tagline for this guy, so they went with uh. Japanese deathmatch legend. <laughs> but, like, what I love, and this was similar to the Blade and the Bunny thing, right, where, yeah. like, Jim Ross just refused. He said, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not. And Shivani was sort of like half-hearted. It was just great. But the phrase, Japanese deathmatch legend, will live in infamy. Right? It has to, right? Like, again, there is a real problem at the core of this. There is a genuine problem with what you just said. Brandy Rose sitting on commentary, making us not care about a match we should care about, is not good. And debuting a guy who you assume, Jeremy, assume, is not headed for higher high ceilings in AEW, during an AEW Women's title match is not ideal, but if you just look at it as a solitary segment, it gave us that commentary. And that, that's that's enough for me. That's more than enough, especially on this week's show. That segment is one of the only things you could pick out and say that's worth talking about, really, right? To me, it was anyway. It wasn't a good show this week. There, no. There really wasn't. I mean, and this highlighted basically everything bad from as you said from the past few weeks it, it was the worst segment they've done thus far yeah. but we it got some, the crowd we got some good memes out of it exactly and that's what matters right <laughs> none of it's actually good so we might as well make it bad enough that we enjoy it that's my it's always been my take i i much prefer just like bad so bad it's funny than just so yes. bad that I, I don't even care about it yes like for example the thing with uh, Puck going after Kenny's friend, yeah, that is like just bad wrestling writing where like there's like holes and no one quite knows when that happened and when this happened. That's bad, but it's not funny bad. Now, Lufa, Japanese deathmatch legend, actually good. See? It's two different things. I googled Luther, Japanese deathmatch legend, and got like Otani and and just Big Japan wrestling and stuff. Even Google didn't know who this guy was. So. <laughs> Seriously, like, what percentage <laughs> did know who Luther was? Are we talking like zero 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 one? Like it's got to be that level, right? It's got to be, yeah. That that. Level I consider or... myself to be relatively knowledgeable. This was this this was way lost on me. I had no idea who they were talking about. He goes by Dr. Luther. They didn't even put the doctor. I guess because Britt Baker's a doctor. Like, we can't have too many doctors around here. The hilarious part is my first, like, insight into any of this is your message. I, <laughs> AW finished at 3 o'clock in the morning here, so I wasn't watching it live, and I just woke up to a message saying, Luther. I was, I had no idea what you were talking about, and then I typed in, and it was then, it was a whole can of worms, but yes. We were trying incredible. to come up with topics in, uh, before Dynamite and yes. NXT, and we were like, something will come out of these shows that we'll have to talk about. And yeah, I just messaged you, Luther. Like, that's what we have to talk about. <laughs> you were right. I agree with you, but it caught me slightly off guard. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, you can't disrespect the Japanese deathmatch. Do you think Luther wrestles? What, like, ne- like in the oncoming weeks is he yeah, going to yeah is he going to uh, have like a match at Revolution like they're talking about doing intergender matches you can do uh, I mean everyone Luther. wrestles on dark so like I'm sure we'll get like a 25 minute Kenny Omega street fight you know <laughs> 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 that goes on after you can't introduce you know? this guy as Japanese deathmatch legend and then not put him he in the ring with like Moxley oh wow that'd be incredible time is up could you hear the timer I could, yes. Okay, Just off your Moxley suggestion, unfortunately. <laughs> I was making sure the timer was coming through here. All right, the, the next topic, another very important topic. We're going to stick with Dynamite because we said there was nothing else to come out of this show. But there was one thing that we wanted to talk about. Diamond Dallas Page returning to the ring. He did a promo segment with MJF, and afterwards it was announced that MJF, The Blade, and The Butcher are going to team up to take on... I see the smirk on your face already. It's going to take on Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, Diamond Dallas Page, next week at AE Dynamite, Bash at the Beach. Five minutes on the clock, Joe. What do you think of DDP returning? This is so strange in so many ways. Like, the the headline itself... Okay, remove all context. DDP set to return to wrestle a match on AEW Dynamite is a weird thing, okay, in itself. Let's be honest, that's weird. Then you do what you just did and read out the match that he's returning in, and it gets insane. Why is this happening? What is this leading to? Is this like an MJF match coming down the road? Or what? 
Where are we at here? Jeremy, you need to explain this to me. I genuinely have not. You have to understand, okay? I watched, I missed all of Dynamite until one week I caught up on like 10 weeks of it. So some of my timeline is off. I'm aware that DDP has been around sometimes. Uh, when did we get to the point where he can just come out randomly during MJF promos and insert himself he's, into he's programs? Part of the, he's part of the Nightmare family. Uh, okay. DDP, I mean... He was alongside Cody and MJF when Cody was feuding with the Inner Circle. They did that big brawl up in the concession stands and stuff. This and is DDP, true. DDP was there, and then he, he presented the ring to MJF when he did that terrible crossroads on Hangman Page. I remember this, yes, but when did... Why is Dustin Rhodes not teaming with DDP? And, or is he? Yeah, he's not- Dustin. Cody's Cody? Cody's no, Cody, Cody left the building Why? after... Why is he not involved in this, Jeremy? Why I... is QT Marshall involved in this? <laughs> so I wrote in the in the power rankings with the exclusive yes. scoops, which aren't really scoops at all, that Cody just left the building after his match with the Lucha Bros because he was just so upset with how that match came off and with how the Nightmare Collective segment came off. So he was pissed. He just... He left. That that's my that's my inside scoop. Please okay. don't. Re, Ringside News is going to report that and be like, "Fightful contributor says that Cody was pissed off." This is not a real thing. Um, but Jim Ross actually said, "Like, oh yeah, Cody and Dustin left the building, and then Dustin came out to, to save TDP." So, no one like, knows. What, what do we actually think the end game is here? Like, I'm, I know, like, I'm doing this like trying to be silly. I have immense respect for the fact that TDP looks that good at that age. He looks better than me, and he's legitimately about four day four decades older than me. But I just would like to have some kind of insight because you are the scoops when it comes to the AEW power rankings. Like, where do you see this result? What are you going to result in? What's I, the I, end game? I think it's just this six-man match. I don't think they're going to do <laughs> anything more. He laid out the the butcher and the blade with a diamond cutter. Those that guys was true. Like dorks. So. Yeah, but that's kind of. I mean, look, this be fair. This be totally fair. I know that everyone dunks on that and like, oh, you're putting over young talent and all that. But this be real. That's what like that act is there for i assume yeah. right like they come out they look kind of mean and then they get beat up and everyone cheers somewhat cheers uh i'm i'm happy for ddp i just find it weird that like you're going to waste his comeback match and that add that sell on a six man against the team that involves two pieces that aren't over in any way and he's teaming with qt mart it's weird it's strange jeremy that's what i'm saying i'm not hating on it i'm just saying it's strange <laughs> dustin rhodes is the best worker in that match by far why, see, why are you hating on Blade and uh, <laughs> Blade and the other fellow? Blade. The other fellow? You don't know Blade. who he is? <laughs> I struggle. I told you, man, I caught up on AEW a lot. A lot went through. And all I heard about was this infamous segment where the Blade and the Bunny appeared. And uh, when I got to it, the I understood. Butcher. It's the Butcher. The butcher. That's the Butcher. Yes, that's it. Yes. The Butcher. Okay. It's, it's fine, right? Is he going to main event next week, do you think? Honestly. Um, no, there's no way that's me. If that main events, something has gone horribly wrong. It's DDP, right? That's the, it's a big deal in some form or fashion, isn't it? Or is it Bash not? at the beach in January. Ah, uh, true. No one's going Good to point. the beach in January. I, I think they, because they're doing the, the Bash at the beach gimmick next week, they just wanted, like, a WCW wrestler who they That's could fair. associate yeah. with that. And Dustin wasn't really around when Bash at the Beach was, you know, Bash at the Beach. So they're yeah. like, oh, we can get DDP for it. Yeah, when you put it like that, now now I'm starting to come around to the idea. But it's when you, look, when you lay out the whole match, I am less keen. Like, you could have done, um, I guess they don't want MJF and Cody to touch, do they? I guess no, is the idea. No. Okay, well, fair. Well, just... Just have fun with it. I don't know. There's someone out there that watches on TNT every week that is very happy, I feel. You know, that didn't watch wrestling from 2001 to 2019, and they're pumped right now. They're going to bring in uh, Rodman and Malone. That was that was Bash at the Beach. Or not, yeah, Rodman and Malone. That was Bash they at the Beach. They should 100% try to do, like, the modern equivalent in some way. The I think the modern equivalent would be Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to say you couldn't get Embiid because that medical would not. <laughs> that's not happening. Sixers aren't no clear Embiid. No, no way. Did you see his fractured finger? Uh, yeah, it's the, not God, that didn't look good. Ex- exactly my point. <laughs> not getting in any wrestling ring anytime soon. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on to New Japan. They had their big Wrestle Kingdom, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom this past weekend, and Tetsuya Naito won the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships, but the big closing angle was Kenta laying out Naito. We're going to put five minutes on the clock. Joe, Kenta, did you like the final segment with him laying out Naito or not a fan of it? This is super tough, right, because on principle, this is very bad. But I'm kind of all for it because if the match at Osaka Joe is going to be Kenta and Naito, you if that's the match and that's what you've decided on that match, doing a beatdown at New Year's Dash is nowhere near as impactful as what they did here. This was bold. If nothing else, this was bold, right? Is it is it kind of like everything we've criticised WWE for sometimes? Yeah, sure. But it's an angle you won't forget. It's an angle that got him immense heat. And um, the the cool thing about it is it kind of continues Naito's story of like every time he gets there, someone takes something away from him, right? Like he couldn't just go out as the hero; he had to get beaten up first. I'm for it, Jeremy. I've seen a lot of criticism. I'm for it. I liked it because of the heat that it generated. Like mm-hmm. if it was just a stunned silence type of thing, it would have been a complete misfire. But yes. the crowd hated Kenta out of this. And you made him into an even bigger heel. And I feel like because they couldn't do the Shibata match, which they clearly were trying to, to somehow pull off, but they couldn't get it cleared. Mm-hmm. This was almost a, a make good to try to keep building off of that heat that Kenta had. And one thing I will say, I, I don't know what the perception is of like the English commentary on New Japan. I understand it probably like splits people. They did a tremendous job on that angle, right? Like, what I loved about it was, was Okada showed his respect and, like, Rocky Romero and everyone was like, okay, now we celebrate Naito. You know, he's not perfect, Jeremy, but tonight he did it. And Kenta comes in and Rocky Romero was enraged. Kevin was going good. It was just, I thought it was great. The, the interesting part of the debate is, is like, and this, is a, this shows you how high that promotion standards are in ring, He's like, am I the only one that's like somewhat, not concerned, but hesitant to bank on Naito and Kenta being like what we want it to be? Because I could see it pace-wise, like not being what it should be considering the heat. That's just me. I don't know about you. Kenta's whole gimmick, like the whole storyline is like, watch this dude get knocked out. Like they keep talking about his glass jaw Mm. and stuff. It's like, okay, can Naito give Kenta a concussion in this match? Uh, Naito looked good in both of his Wrestle Kingdom matches. Yes. Kenta and Goto was great. I, I'm sure the the match will be fine. The Heat will be. I, I guess. I guess what I'm saying is like, look, obviously it's not going to be a bad match, right? Like we get that, but sometimes with Naito when he's had main event matches, like the that op- that opening portion isn't where you'd like it to be. And when you have a feud like this, which is all heat and it's like hatred, I seriously hope we don't get like. So like steady start Naito, he's like he's like messing around. I hope it's a change of pace because, you know, for all of the great matches we've seen in New Japan, we're custom, we've become used to now their main event matches. Like we're gonna get a fifteen minutes of just like laying the foundations, right? I'm not sure this is the match for that. I, I really don't think it is. I think this is a match for violence, like what Goto and um, Kenta was at Wrestle Kingdom. To be honest, that's the way I see it. I would love if they changed the pace with yes. this main event because that was a complaint I always had with the Okada main event. So it's like, all right, it's going to be 10, 15 minutes of the usual stuff. It'll pick up. Mm-hmm. It's going to go between 35, 40 minutes. It'll be great at the end, but it's the the same kind of match. And I wish they changed that pace when he wrestled Sonata late in the year. And they did yeah. it. They just did the usual match. I, I hope they do a change of pace in this match. I mean, even in, like, I thought the Ibushi match was, like, spectacular. Like, one of the best matches I've seen in some time. But even that match, within the logic of the, of, if this was a real thing, right, like, I question why Ibushi would wrestle that match at such a slow pace. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even that match, like, the first 20 minutes of that match, I'm kind of, like, doing the thing I do in every Okada match, which is, like, the, I'm not sure about this one, and then 20 minutes later, you're jumping up and down, and it's crazy. I think there's a compliment in that, but there's also like a uh, a very s- small, faint criticism of sometimes I think the opening portions of these matches could mean more later. The work that's actually done there that could mean more later, but um, 
he's so good in the end that you can't argue with it. In this case, now that he's out of that main event match, it'll be interesting if they just totally rip up the format. It'd be, I think that'd be perfect for what they're trying to achieve here. Naito doesn't have time to score around like Okada. He's older. He's more banged up. He's, he doesn't even take a shirt off for these road two yeah. shows anymore. <laughs> like he, he doesn't have time for this. Nonsense. That's respectable, man. I admire <laughs> that greatly. You know, I like that even at New Year Dash, he didn't take his shirt off. He's like, I'm the champion, but whatever. I'm still. I, I, you know, what I love most. I know you live tweeting New Year's Dash. I love that. Like, there's like we've convinced this whole audience that changes into New Year's Dash that it's like raw after WrestleMania and it's just gonna be crazy angles and stuff. I think that is tremendous. Yeah. There's like one angle. Like <laughs> people are like, this was boring. It's like, <laughs> no, that's just what it is, folks. I'm sorry. They set up a lot, but yeah, people, they did, yeah. people have come to expect the big like bullet club kickout stuff. It was like I thought it was a really good show, and it I went was. on social media and everyone was like, hmm, could have done with more twelve more heel turns, you know? You mentioned Kenta the angle being kind of WWE-ish, and I'm going to throw out a comparison that's going to piss people off, and that's pretty much the only reason I'm doing it. Naito winning and then Kenta taking his moment was akin to Roman Reigns winning and Sheamus cashing in on him. I feel, to be honest with you, Jeremy, I mean, that's one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard in many ways, in many ways, but there may be some truth in it. To be totally honest, I feel like you just referenced that from four years ago. Which is disrespectful to me to begin with, to be honest with you. But yeah, sure, man. I'm with it. Yeah, cool. I don't think it is. I just wanted to throw it out there just to okay. get When it. was that genuinely? Like that was a long time ago, right? Uh two thousand sixteen Survivor series? It genuinely could be older than Fightful.com itself. Yeah, it, it was 2014, 2016. My my memory is terrible. Too many chair shots to the head, but yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's somewhere around there. Okay, I'll take your word for it. We're gonna stick with New Japan, and really the the biggest story coming out of New Japan. Oh yes, Okada shorts. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a good looking man. Why was he not wearing shorts this entire time? I'm interested as to how many people listening to this show now are pretending to themselves that they didn't notice. That's what I'm interested in, Jeremy. Like, are we gonna get tweets like, "Man, I didn't even realize the shorts." You like. Come on, man. How we all know. Do you not know? Like they, he well, this is what I said, Jeremy. This is what I say. But this yeah. is what I'm telling you. We're going to get some tweets. Okay? We're going to get some tweets. He he had the shorts last year, and there's that great uh, gift that people super. I don't I don't even know what it's from. Where people are like reacting big. I think it's from some yes. soccer match, and they yeah. show they do the Okada shorts reveal, and, yeah. and then this year the shorts were even shorter, and like during yes. the match with Ibushi. Yeah, it was a great match, but all I think about was like, man, this is a good-looking guy in these shorts. I think they made a mistake. They made a mistake taking the belt off of Okada simply because he should have the, both of the belts with these shorts. I'm not. I'm not against your theory. I'm really not. But you have to remember the decision was probably made before they saw the shorts. So just, uh, that's that. That shows their the incompetence of you want to change how to book on the fly. fly. Wow, this is now getting out of control. You want Ghetto changing finishes on the fly at Tokyo Dome? Kenta being held back from running out? Maybe. Here's a, a genuine Okada talking point, okay? Because as much as I love talking about the short stream, we've already done it for two hours off air, okay? Where do you stand on this, like, this absolute chaos that was caused by um, Mr. Meltzer, a peer of ours as a wrestling broadcast journalist, saying that Okada is a. Uh, above i believe he named flair michaels and one other i think he said rock are you like enraged or are you like me and just yeah sure i i'm not enraged by many opinions to be honest like that seems fair but why are you in the minority (laughs) i i don't because i i I don't know like a lot of therapy i guess I, i saw this like being discussed and i don't want to make this show a thing about what people talk about on wrestling twitter because let's be honest that'd be just terrible everything's bad on there but like people were talking about this we've we've discussed i was just thinking i mean it depends how you talk about these things right because on match catalog and resume i feel like it's not even like a debate okada is better than them now right but that's just the way it is if you want to talk about skill and stuff i guess then you get into a whole different kind of you know off the wall conversation but 
there's there's a weird thing. There's recency bias, and then there's the opposite of that, right? Where if something's happening now, we can't at all say it's better than anything that happened before. We just can't do it, and all that. That seems silly on both ends to me. It's, I mean, it's a lot of factors. The, the business has changed so much as wow. well. Wow! Like first episode, we've already got the business has yeah, changed. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm with you, Karen. I mean, if Shawn Michaels wrestled today and Shawn Michaels had, you know, the no restrictions that like New Japan has, exactly, he, yeah, he would be just as amazing as Okada. So it's. It's it's just a different style in New Japan and WWE, mm-hmm. and I mean Okada's obviously done great things with New Japan. If if someone wants to call him the goat, like that's fine. fine. I don't, yeah, I don't do it. Yeah. get offended by this stuff. Like it, I'm very un like it's not an outrageous opinion. To no, me. no, no. We will both say worse things. Yeah. on this show, we've already said worse things. Yeah, actually, I just said fact. Kenta attacking Naito is Sheamus and Roman. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but what I will say is, when we're talking about that fictional list that no one will ever make, the shorts do play a pivotal factor in that, Jeremy. Would you not agree? Oh, so you've got like... Okay. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kata shorts. I mean, Shawn Michaels theme music. The man sung his own theme music. That that's pretty yeah. big. Um, you know, the Rock. I. I mean, The Rock had was wearing short shorts as well. Flair. I don't know. Flair, Flair is a weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Flair. Okay. Well, we, well, we see. I understand what you're saying, but I felt that saving this for the Tokyo Dome made it more monumental. You know. Yeah, I mean, certainly, dude. I, Shawn Michaels always had that theme, Jeremy. He always had it. But the first time he came out with it, and Sherry was doing it and everything, like that was a big moment. Okada's gonna always have. Tokyo, see, this is this is recency bias as well. Okada's gonna <laughs> have these shorts from now on, and so is he. You don't know that. You do not know that, Jeremy. Like, if he had them at New Year's Dash, he's gonna have them. Just move. Wait up for Fantastic Mania before you give such <laughs> bold statements, please. You Okada's going to be like Naito. He's going back to the pants for Fantastic Mania. Yes, He's I like, forget so. it. I so. I'm breaking out the shorts for this. <laughs> uh, let's move on to, to WWE. We had a couple big things, but we're going to start with SmackDown last week, which was SmackDown, always one of the best shows of the week. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think it's tough to disagree. If people mm-hmm. are listening to this, they can't see your face and the just the disdain that you have for <laughs> that comment. Uh, we, yeah, we'll get into it, yeah. We had returns, John Morrison, Sheamus, and the Usos on the show. Joe, where are you at on these four returns? Um, where am I? Oh, actually, I'm positive on all of them. I don't know where the, like... I don't want to be mean about the John Morrison thing. I've never been a John Morrison slash whatever other name guy, which is not for me. Johnny Smackdown is what yes, you go by now. That that works, but I don't know where, like... When this was spoken about, that he'd re-signed, there was suddenly just like a legion of fans that emerged from the dust that was all very excited about this. I was confused. I didn't know where they came from. But, God bless him. I, I'm just caught seeing about him and Mizzy's a fun thing to do. That's my least like exciting one to me. Uh, Sheamus, to be quite honest, on that show is actually like a necessary ad. They're so weak on the hillside, I feel. Um, as has probably been highlighted by what Roman's been doing for the last three months. So that's that's a positive step. I think him and Chad Gable will be good. The Usos is the big one to me, right? Like I think we were just talking about recency bias and stuff. 
I can't imagine that when it's all said and done, the Usos aren't putting like top three level as a WWE tag team, right? Like that, I feel like that's that's happening now. Yeah, they're an all-time team, man. They're an amazing team. They always find a way, no matter what brand they've been on and how bad stuff is, excluding like a couple not so good angles. They always find a way to do good stuff. And like I remember, we talk about SmackDown being bad. SmackDown wasn't good when them and New Day were doing their like lengthy program. But that program was great, right? Like, the rest of that show wasn't very good. We had, like, gender and, you know, all that stuff. But Usos are great. It's great to have them back. What about you? What's, what's your uh, most exciting of the SmackDown returns? Usos and New Day Hell in a Cell is one of my favorite matches. Yeah, in, in great match. Memory. Um, I'm high on the Usos as well because you look at that tag team division, and the problem is I don't have mm. any faith in them doing anything with the tag team division. But you've got New Day. You've got the Usos back. Revival, uh, Heavy Machinery, they're getting over. Potentially yeah. Miz and Morrison as well. Potentially Gable and Ali. I don't know if that. And is you've still got um, Rude coming back as well. For sure. Rude and Ziggler. Sure. Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> Jeremy, listen, uh, I don't want conflict about Bobby Roode. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I like the Usos. As you said, they, they're great in just about everything they do. Yes. So if they can put some stock into this tag team division and really build it up, they've got the teams there to, to make it not only entertaining with like promos and stuff, but in ring wise, like these are some really hmm. good tag teams in ring as well. Sheamus. Yeah. They need heels. The fact that Dolph Ziggler and the, the great Bobby Roode, I will not, uh, besmirch Thank his you, name. Jeremy. Thank you. And your presence. Uh, the fact that those are the two of your top three heels, not the best look in the world. Uh, Sheamus comes in, immediately kicks off the, the feud with Gable. That'll be fine. Morrison, the whole thing with him was, it, it was reported he got signed in September, and then he denied it, and so they were cold on it. And then in November, uh, on the WWE Backstage show, they, they said it again, like, oh, yeah, Morrison has been signed. <laughs> And then people are just like, wait, you didn't like keep him as a surprise entry or anything? And then he just shows up. He's hanging out in the Miz's locker room. It's like, oh, okay. I haven't been like a huge John Morrison fan either. His impact run was good. Um, I, I think it's kind of underrated because nobody watches impact, including you. And... Well, I saw that run, Jeremy. <laughs> Did I you? saw that run. I saw I watched everything impact up until the Austin Aries closing angle. And for me, at that point, it was time to say goodbye. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was enough. I think he was fine. I didn't think he was great there, to be honest. But I'm with you. It was a fine run, yeah. So, I I can... The Lucha Underground stuff was good, but I've come to realize that Lucha Underground was very good at highlighting strengths and hiding weaknesses. Because you look at a lot of guys who are who are big in Lucha Underground on other promotions, and it's like, this is not the same guy at Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, the, the returns, the Usos is the big one. I'm looking forward to that. SmackDown needed something. The, it's Badly. a lifeless show. But the thing, I mean, I don't want to make this all about us, Jeremy. I know we're very good, but I remember, this is genuinely true, okay? I, there were times like a few weeks ago where I was watching it thinking, they are like padding this show out by making matches longer. Like, it reminded me of booking 1995 WCW with you. I'm, I'm being as sincere as possible here. There were times where I would look at that that screen you were showing me, or, or I was supposed to be seeing, okay, and I would I would think just just make just make one of their matches longer and let's get it over with, man. <laughs> just send them out there. And I was watching a SmackDown, and there was a cold tag match going on and on and on. I was thinking it feels like they're like phoning it in, which is the opposite of what you'd expect, right? It's weird. It it hasn't. Like, the first couple of weeks on Fox felt like a big deal, and then it just... Total okay, opposite, yeah. It's just SmackDown on Fridays, and it happens to be on Fox. It, it feels the exact same as it did before it moved to Fox. Yeah. Which is bad, because the whole stuff before Fox was, eventually we're going to end up on Fox, yeah. and it'll be great. That's the problem. Yeah. Another big return from this past week, The Big Show. The Big yes. Show is back, revealed as the, the third man for Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Are you happy to see the big show back in now his like third decade in wrestling? Yes. That's my answer, Jeremy. Yes. Uh, I'm most excited for a fist fight. I can't wait for this fist um, fight. 
you know, Big Show is so unique in such a strange case because, like, genuine legend, obviously at his prime, a legitimately great talent, like a special talent. But like, you can go through his career year by year and you'll end up with, like, three good years. And it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him. He's just had such a strange career, right? Like, I, it's amazing how many times he's been put in a role where people have gone, oh, no, that's incredible. That's, an, that's a skill in itself. However, um, it's fine, right? There's nothing wrong with it. I like the idea that Samoa Joe was, like, waiting on this, like, big show return at some point. He had it up his sleeve. Um that whole dynamic on Raw, I think, is like one of the best things they have right now. Like the Joe Owens thing. Yeah. Um, and I think Big Show will not hurt that. Oh, Big Show's good in like the traditional WWE backstage segment where everyone sort of half looks at the camera. Very good at them. Very experienced at them. I think he'll have some a fun dynamic until he goes away again. Like I don't think he's gonna be here for a long time. Exactly. I don't think it's like a. I don't think they're setting him up for a mania run. You know. But it's fine. What about you? I'm sure you was very excited. I think it's actually Big Show's fourth decade, which is just yeah, outrageous. Um, I I didn't mind it. It was it was a surprise. I was expecting like Ricochet and exactly. So in that case, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Cedric Alexander, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think people suggested Alistair Black, and I think that would have been a a good idea. But he's a uh, he's got the trilogy with Big Match Buddy, even though he's already won twice. I, I have no problem with the Big Show. He's good in almost any kind of role. Like, he can play, like, the serious kind of just giant yes, dude. Yes, that's why people. he's legitimately great, right? Yeah, he, he can play, like, a, a comedy role. Like, he, he's very diverse performer in that regard. That's been the biggest pro of his career and the biggest con all at once, right? Like, yeah. being versatile was hurting. Yeah, because... It means they can put him in terrible stuff <laughs> and he'll be fine at it. That's the truth. <laughs> And God right. bless him. They uh, can turn the him face, turn him heel. Exactly. Um, and he'll do it fine. Yeah. He'll do it fine. All right. One thing is interesting. We started this show, or second topic on the show was the DDP thing. How incredible <laughs> was today's Twitter.com uh, false equivalence of DDP being used by AW, Big Show being used by AW. I have to say this, Jeremy, for the sake of our audience. The reason these things aren't the same, if you are against Big Show, is probably due to the fact that legitimately at this point, I believe WWE employs about 200 wrestlers, okay? Well, for better or worse, DDP is a top 10 star on the AEW show. Is this true or not? Am I wrong here? Am I missing something? Uh, he's... This is the reality, dude. This is the way it is, okay? He ran, down, no his, he, he ran down his resume on Dynamite, and he's exactly. got bigger accolades than pretty much everybody else on the exactly. roster. Exactly, and I have no problem with either of them, as everyone's found out watching this show, but... If you are against the Big Show thing, I'd imagine your argument would be, hey, guys, we have a lot of people we could be doing this with. <laughs> I don't care. I like the Big Show. I'm looking forward to the fist fight. I just wanted to make it clear they are not the same thing. Um, however, uh, these they have to be careful with AOP here, right? Because they've got, they've got three big baby faces now. They can't, like, just knock, the, knock AOP over. That's not good. I think, the big show, I think the Big Show was back in part to put AOP and Seth Rollins over because they like to use the Big Show as, hey, you conquered this big guy, look how good you are. And like that's what you can do with AOP and Rollins. I, I think the finish is, isn't in question for when, like, I don't even the fist fight, but eventually AOP is going to get like, yeah. the Big Show. But my fear is that they do it in, like, a traditional, like, WWE structure where... Like they like bump and feed for it, that could be strange. We just, just try to avoid that. But I think you're right. And the end game being that, that's kind of you can't really dispute that, right? That's a fine idea. Raw, I think Raw's fine at the moment. To be honest, I genuinely think it's fine. Is it like gripping? No, but uh, everyone feels to be positioned correctly. That's the biggest thing to me about Raw. Everyone feels like they're in the right spot, and it's moving in some form of direction. That's the biggest positive I could say for it. Who would you take in a real fist fight between these six men? Well, um, one member of AOP was in Bellator, right? Yes. Um, I think Arthur. Seth Rollins is a major weak link. I feel in this fist fight. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if Seth Rollins can scrap. Man, I this could be an ugly fight, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like 
Uh, on the babyface side, and yes, I'm still using babyface for a potential legitimate fight. Um, Big Show and Smojo are probably not quite in their physical prime, one more so than the other, I would assume. I don't know how much Kevin wants to be fighting them two fellows. That's a tough one, man. I don't know. I'm going to go with um, Big Show, you know, because he has he's not he's finished. He's a he's a knockout punch, Jeremy. That's pretty impressive, right? I think the power of the Big Show would gives him the advantage over all yeah. of these guys because he's like an outlier on the good side, and Seth's an outlier on the weak side. You see, you see Rollins with some time, I think, could have some technique. <laughs> Like, this is Cross yeah. Jesus we're talking about. True, so yeah. He's got the speed and the athleticism to where... Oh, maybe. But maybe that, Kevin's the weak link. Uh, maybe that's the case. I, I think Kevin's scrappy. I think Kevin would go in there with the Philly Shell defense and just kind of wow. throw down. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a heavyweight James Tony. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm with Same it. with I'm Joe. With... I think Joe, Joe seems like he would be a... A Chuck Liddell type because he's Samoan. I feel so... like Joe's a very dangerous man, and we should stop like even considering talking about his legitimate fighting skills. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Joe Joe feels like he would he would take a couple punches to give that one punch. Get inside, and, and knock yeah. You out. Yeah, I mean, Arkham oh, has the 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 MMA background. I don't know what Razor's background is, so We're, we might be mm. sleeping on them, honestly. We might be, yeah. I mean, if we are, it doesn't matter. It means nothing if we are, so I won't worry too much about it. But I agree we could be, yes. I hope it devolves into an actual shoot fight next week. That's what we need on Raw. Yeah, that, imagine if the fist fight was just a legitimate fight. Yeah. That, like, Heyman was just up front with it and said, look, guys, Brawl for All was controversial if nothing else. <laughs> next week, you're going to have a legitimate six-man fight. It should bring back the Brawl for All. They definitely shouldn't, but I support <laughs> You didn't like the Brawl for All? I question any human that likes the brawl for all. Like it's great in concept, in like when you think about it as a comedic thing, it's like oh, that's hilarious. And then you watch the fights, and it's like, oh man, this is not good. This is very bad. Yeah, I'm a fan of bad concepts. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's my gimmick. Well, yeah, you should love the brawl for all. Then, yeah, that's true. Doomsday cage match is my favorite match of all time. Yeah, but that's like that goes back to so bad it's good. Brawl for all should be so bad it's good, and then you watch the guys throwing punches and stuff, and it's like, uh, I don't know, that's not, that's not, that's not so bad. It's good. That's just real bad, I think. Our final topic: we're going to talk about this Ember Moon interview that she did with Booker T, and mm. she addressed a lot of things. She talked about uh, the Royal Rumble uh, this year and or 2019 and 2018, and kind of her role in, in both Rumbles. Talked about her injury, both of them, the, the elbow injury and the, the ruptured Achilles. Talked about, you know, frustrations with how she was being used. Joe, what did you take away from this interview? I genuinely thought, like, the honesty within this interview was staggering, right? Like, I mean, you transcribe a lot of WWE interviews, and you could tell this was not, like, <laughs> the standard media appearance. And I think that's because Booker's presence and stuff, but... I mean, the main takeaway take for me is, like, her putting into words what we all saw in the Rumble last year, right? Like, I haven't ever watched that match, but I vividly remember Ember, like, feeding every person that came to the ring. The fact that she did that with, like, a physical issue is just insane. But that's that speaks to her, like, um, her role in the division, I think, probably unfairly. That's, like, we're talking about pro being, a, being the best thing and your weakest thing at the same time. I think Ember will suffer from... Oh, she makes everyone look so good. That's not always like great for you, I don't think. But it was a great interview, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was a nice long transcription as well. <laughs> I, this one wasn't that tough to transcribe because she good. did give so many good answers. Like I, I listened to like a Tony Khan interview, and that guy's so all over the place. And yeah. like th those are the tough ones to uh, mm -hmm. transcribe. But oh, Ember when she gives. Anytime you can get this type of insight from really anybody, I, I'm a fan of transcribing it. It's when I have to transcribe stuff that's just like generic answers, but I have to do it because there's like a good headline or something like that. Uh, I, I enjoyed the interview. Mm -hmm. The the ruptured Achilles off of a 24-7 title chase segment, oh. that was the big one that stood out to me and that like everyone ran with, and rightfully so, because... Like this is how she's basically going to lose a year of her her career is chasing after our truth and Carmella pulling up and then rupturing her Achilles like that. That sucks. Like it's yeah. so so terrible. 
it actually was really sad. There's like a small point in this in, in that interview where she says, "We do like work uh, injuries and stuff." So I just want to make it clear, this is only my second injury. And I just thought, man, it's such a bummer that she must get like people calling her injury prone and stuff. Like she has to actually defend herself for getting injured. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's brutal, man. I really hope they don't put that like um, that rep on her. I really hope so because I still think that with everything going on in the division. Like I think there's a major place for it. Right? I think they just need to get creative. Like effort-wise, they've been so bad with her. I mean, everyone will say she got the title match with Bailey, but anyone that watched the, that program knows that was not an attempt to get her over in any way, was no. it? You know, that was that was terrible. I seriously hope when she comes back, there's no oh, injury-prone any of that. I hope it's like straight to okay. Let's try and get this character over. Let's change the character. We have to. I've, I never liked the character. I think Ember Moon's most appealing is just a, like a traditional baby face. Uh, the mysterious and mythical stuff isn't like, I think that's kind of a tough sell. But I hope um, she's on track when she gets back. I don't know where you see her, like ceiling wise, but to me, I think it's pretty high. I never understood the character. I was just like, yeah. okay, who is Ember? Even in NXT, it's just like, all right. Oh, NXT was no better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's like, who is she? She's just. Mm-hmm. She has creepy eyes and she's kind of mysterious, but what more is there? And, and it wasn't any better in, on NXT main roster, wherever. I think the ceiling's very high for her as well because she mentioned in, in the interview, like she likes to go out there and even if she's losing, like just do a spot that is memorable. I remember mm-hmm. that Lacey Evans match where they they did that spot on the floor. It's like some some DDT spot. Yeah. Um. That like that was the most memorable spot from that match. And like, that's what you took away from it. And Ember does this a lot. And then like, she, she says she's done like thumbtack matches, scaffolds, ladders, all this stuff. Like she's a very talented performer who could be used in, in multiple ways, but yeah, they've never really gotten behind her. The injury stuff, unfortunately probably isn't going to help her because that's just how they view things she's made a a lot of comments and i I don't disagree with it but the women's division has been kind of lacking outside of the focus on the top i mean the champions are going to get focused everything underneath the champions is just kind of there i think it was very interesting when the draft rolled around and you look to the pool, right, the talent pool, and you're like, okay, if this person goes there, they can work with that person. You do this kind of thing when you're insane and you like wrestling. And uh, the women's division, like the the top pool in the women's division is literally the exact same people. Like, And that's, I'm not saying that to be like hyperbolic. I understand Becky's way more over. But the rest is like, well, Bailey is still there in what I consider to be a lesser like presentation. Uh, Sasha, you know, Alexa, um, Charlotte, Asuka, it's like, they're all great, but they've not actually been able to push anyone into that spot, have they? Like in that pack. Ember's right, 100% right. But one thing I will say, I know the time just went, but uh, what you were talking about, about in ring, she still to me has like the best offense of all the women. Like she's one of the only women to me who still has an explosive offense. Um, and her best stuff in NXT came when all of that character stuff was gone and it was just Shane is a bully and she's sticking up to the bully. Yeah. Sometimes wrestling's better simple, man. It really is, you know? It it really is. We don't need mm-hmm. cults and all this other stuff. Well, hang on now. <laughs> Calm down. How good was Jim Ross's like, little side comment on AEW, by the way, when he was like, a lot of people try to recruit folks on here. <laughs> Jim, come on, man. you got to at least hide your disdain for this stuff. Jim's a college football guy. He should he should take to this recruiting stuff. Like you yes, gotta get that five star recruit. He should approach it in like a really like serious sports style fashion. That'd be awesome. Yeah, be I great. mean that that's what I've turned the power rankings into now and accused Jericho of illegal recruiting means. With, I saw uh... this is very good. <laughs> this is very good. Did you like that closing segment? Let's quickly quickly touch on this. Did you like the closing segment or no? Uh, a tad a tad long and. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think it was. We kind of figured Moxley wasn't actually going to join, so mm-hmm. a little. Not that predictability is a bad thing. I just thought they like tried to milk it a little bit too long. I would have cut two minutes or so off of it. Yeah, I. It felt like someone had like explained to them that to go longer than they expected to. There was like a middle portion there where the crowds were like, the crowds started trying. You sold out, and then they just stopped. And I was like, is the show ending? Are you going to do something? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was fine. I thought it was the highlight of that show, other than. What we started with, of course, is that 
is that I think that's Lufa, which <laughs> is an incredible, incredible moment in wrestling history. Well, hopefully we get hopefully we get Luther at the beach next week. I, I want to see Luther uh, in the Okada shorts next week, just hanging out at the beach. Scratch that, Jeremy. I want Luther on the distraction. Okay, I want him as a full time third panelist on this show. Uh, I, I don't mean... hold the, I don't hold the checkbook, Jeremy. It's nothing to do with me. Okay, that's, that's your that's your job as an executive. That's I'm just saying. Let me let me talk to people above my pay grade okay. and, and see what we can do to get Luther on the show. He's a busy man right now, Joe. I mean, oh, maybe I, he can I'm make... sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, where can everyone find you at on social media and elsewhere? I am on Twitter for better or worse <laughs> at Joe Holbert Five. That's the number five, not the. Uh, don't spell it out, please. When when's the first feature coming out? On Fightful, it will be on the pay-per-view week for the Rumble. So oh. I'm figuring out. You can actually tweet me who you'd like to see me talk about that's on the Rumble card. Uh, I probably won't listen, but you can. Uh, I assume it will be something Asuka Becky, but that's a spoiler, Jeremy. That's as much as you're getting out of me today, okay? No more. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, you can follow me at JeremyLambert88. Everyone, sign up to Fightful Select. If you sign up to Fightful Select, you will probably get to read Joe's feature early because they typically go up on Fightful Select early. So if you can't wait, then you should sign up. And you shouldn't wait because Joe is the absolute best when it comes to writing wrestling features. And mm. I'm fortunate enough to just be able to look at them before anybody else when they're on the going to say look at me. I was going to say, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I am fortunate enough to look at you for <laughs> an hour you, every week or so. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to be doing this podcast hopefully weekly, uh, assuming things keep keep working out and we keep rolling here. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. Again, sign up to FightfulSelect.com. Head over to Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com if you just want your wrestling without the MMA and, and boxing. But David Tease and, and Carlos Toro do a great job on those respective sites. So thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.